and we are uh, live with the present show also today and welcome everybody i know that you were being waiting for about a week i i, I hope you were waiting for every single monday for, for the present show so now it's time for it um so we have a guest today that you can see actually below me but first uh, you know let me welcome also mental part on my side i'm not sure on what side exactly Ciao, Pat. how are you I'm great. How are you? Good. And welcome also to Steve. Uh, Steve Ware here with us uh, directly from the UK, right? Yeah, from Portsmouth in the, in the south of England, yeah. In the south of England. So from the south of England, I know that you are, um, you know, as a, you know, an IBMer and you are also in, a, in a, like a IT uh, for the business services of IBM, right? So GTA. anything else we don't know about you or so tell us something we don't know and you know, what you're doing. So my, my day job for IBM is to enable our customers to have, to be able to basically do their day job on mobile devices. Mm -hmm. so I work with iPhones and iPads and, and tablets, and so it's about allowing businesses to be more mobile, basically. So, so we empower them with these mobile devices that they can take anywhere and be permanently connected. So there's a, there's a small sense of irony between my day job and what I'm, in, what I'm enabling people with which is all this great technology that, that lets them be connected 24-7 and from everywhere and mindfulness. And so maybe it's no coincidence that I found myself kind of doing both. Yeah, this is, this is actually true. It was something came in that comes uh, quite often also in uh, um, what I'm doing sometimes is uh, regarding a social business and how to communicate better in a social way. So one side says that the more you... Uh, you are using open collaborative platforms and network, you are more, let's say, engaged in a way because you can connect with everyone. But at the same time, since it's a mobile and tablet, you are always connected. Hmm? Yeah. And also with mindfulness. So in this kind of technology is like, it's great, but how mindfulness can effectively help us to deal with it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really interesting question. I mean, I was thinking about it only at the weekend, actually. I was thinking my iPhone in some ways is my best friend and my worst enemy because through mindfulness, I've got, I've got great apps on there. I've got access to, you know, YouTube talks and, and Eckhart Tolle sort of uh, retreats and, and sessions and everything that I, can, that I use really for mindfulness comes from my iPhone. And every day when I do my meditation, I use my iPhone as a timer. So... I use it an awful lot with mindfulness, but equally, the rest of the day, it's always saying, pick me up, look at me. I've got another message for you. You need to check Twitter. You need to do this. And so, yeah, I guess as with everything in life, it's a balance. But um, one thing I've spoken about before is the impact of the digital revolution on us as humans. So if, if, if we went back th even 30 years, mm -hmm pre-internet don't have to go back that far we didn't have the internet we didn't have mobile phones we didn't have everything wasn't 24 hours you had kind of one office phone that, that you'd ring and ask can i please speak to this person and if they weren't there they weren't there and you didn't page them in the evening and you didn't call them out unless they were a doctor or something but um this has all changed and, and the impact that this is having on us as humans and as humans i guess we're still we've still got pretty much stone age mind our physiology hasn't changed that much and so this can be very interesting and i, and I think it's also no coincidence that the, the mindfulness is becoming more and more popular since the impact of the digital revolution because people kind of 
feel there's a need for it more because um, something to redress the balance of this always on, you know, internet based connected world, which is, which has got brilliant, brilliant things about it. But if you overdose on it and if it's all you ever do, then it's very taxing to you. So finding a balance is, is the, the hard thing, I guess. So it's uh, at this point is more um, how to call it. We could call it digital mindfulness as well, right? So it's connected. So to learn how to be more mindful with digital devices, uh, mm. in order to use them properly, but also yeah. to not get, uh, I could say, enslaved by them, mm. right? So that 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 could be a. Uh, but Pat, maybe that's a question for Pat that is practicing for a while, not only mindfulness or meditation. Uh, what what she said is like more than when before internet, before the devices, looks like everybody was much more uh, mindful because they didn't have so many distractions. But I'm not completely sure it was like this. What, what do you think? I think the distractions were just different. Uh, I think the distractions maybe took more of your time and maybe we were even worrying more than before because our our worrying was more focused on cer certain things like tomorrow right where yeah. now we're distracted by several devices so that would be an interesting study to do but i think segueing into into mindfulness and journey because i've known steve for some time now and he has a, a very interesting journey he was one of the, one of the biggest skeptics i know when it comes to mindfulness mm -hmm. and i think uh, we don't address skepticism enough on this show. And I think we could take this opportunity to, to let Steve share with us how he yeah. got to work. Steve, tell us why were you skeptical about mindfulness? I'm skeptical about everything. Okay. That's <laughs> so, a good approach. Yeah. So I've always had, um, I've always had a bit of a scientific brain, I guess. And, and um, when I was a child, I was sent to a, a religious school. So I was brought up as a Catholic Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I was told what to believe in as a child. I, I did believe and I was quite religious. Mm -hmm. During my teenage years, I kind of questioned my faith and, and, and I kind of uh, moved away from that, I guess. It wasn't something that I wanted to continue. So for me, um, mindfulness and meditation always had lots of connotations. They had connotations, not, not necessarily of religion so much, but of people that didn't really have real jobs, mm -hmm. people that didn't, certainly not people that worked in IBM and had projects and things to complete, you know, people that could sit around and smoke and, and be, lead the kind of hippie lifestyle and just do nothing and hug trees. And yeah, we'll do a bit of meditation because that's cool as well. And I also didn't think it worked. I had no evidence for any of this, right? This was just what my mind came up with if, if I chose to, to observe it. So, um, I was a great cynic and I was a great skeptic, but there was a tiny bit of me um, that felt like I wanted to give it a go. And I, and I can't describe what that, what that was necessarily. Um, there were certainly periods in my life where I felt like I wasn't at, as nearly enough at peace as I would have liked to have been. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd worry about things too much. I'd lie awake mm -hmm. worrying about things. I'd wake up thinking, why am I even worrying about that? I don't need to worry about that. And there'd be periods in my life when I think it would be nice to be able to find the off switch. It would be nice just to tone down things a little bit and maybe feel a little bit in control of my mind more rather than it being in control of me. So, but I've put this off for years, right? So I was probably thinking this since my 
early 20s. And it wasn't until I got to my late 30s when I, when I, was, I was at my um, wife's, I was at my step, uh, my, sorry, my father-in-law's um, for dinner. My wife, my wife and I were at her dad's. And his wife um, was working with a guy in London, a guy called Andy Puddicombe who's mm-hmm. behind the headspace who probably lots of people know now, but kind of four or five years ago, he was still pretty fresh with this stuff. And he was teaching, he was teaching in a clinic in London. So um, this lady Caroline had gone there and she was interested in acupuncture. It was kind of a wellness uh, clinic for nutrition and acupuncture. And one of those threads was meditation mindfulness and Andy had taught Caroline and she was telling me about it. And I thought, yeah, it sounds, it sounds quite interesting. And she said, well, there's a, there's a free app. You can download it. It's, it's, it's 10 days. It's free. You've got your iPhone here. Why don't you download it and just give it a go? And I thought, yeah, what the hell? You know, what have, I haven't really got that much to lose. 10 minutes a day for 10 days. Even I can probably do that. Mm-hmm. And I did it for 10 days. And, and it didn't radically change my life. It didn't, I didn't have this massive transformation i didn't have this huge aha moment but i had a i had a tiny sliver of peace and just mm-hmm. little just just little things throughout those 10 days where it, it it just felt like something very very small was happening and it was it was just enough it was just enough to keep me going to a point where i then started to read some stuff by john cabot's in I remember reading his early stuff and he said, well, look, if you're going to give us a go, you've got to give it eight weeks, really. If you're going to do any, you know, mindfulness-based stress reduction course or mindfulness-based cognitive therapy or, or give, give meditational mindfulness as a skill any chance, you've really got to do it for eight weeks because 10-day trial is great, but you, know, you, you wouldn't learn the piano in 10 days or, or get fit running in 10 days. So mm-hmm. it was enough for me to stick with it more. So I, I stuck with Headspace. I subscribed and, and, and kind of worked my way through those um, sessions and the more I did them um, the more I thought this is actually this is actually bringing me just a just a small sense of, of stillness sometimes sometimes when I least expected it sometimes in the meditation sometimes not in the meditation I think something hopefully if we've got time to talk about today is is, is difficulty when it presents itself in meditation so what happens when you get a challenge in meditation because so often we see these perfect images of people meditating and everything's amazing. What happens if you sit and meditate and you're just really anxious about something? You're really sad about something or mm-hmm. you just sit still and your, your, main, your mind's just saying, get up, stop this. Um, or it might just be saying, this is boring, it's not working. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, my, that was my journey really. I, I came from huge, huge skepticism and um, I then went through a period of thinking, everybody's got to do this, right? I've got to start telling my friends, went to my parents' house and you said, you've got to, you've got to do this. You've got to read this book. <laughs> Mom, you've got to do meditation from now on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and everybody kind of went, yeah, okay, well, we'll, we'll think about it. And, and I realized, I realized fairly soon that people need to um, find it for themselves more than be told to do it. So I, I stopped doing that a long time ago. Um, more than happy to talk to anyone about it any time, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't make people feel like they are obliged to do it or it's something they should be finding another 20 minutes in their day to do, for example, because we're all busy, right? But it's, yeah. a, it's overall a um, kind of interesting journey that made me uh, 
you know, the important thing you said is that you gave it a try and uh, effective relief for the benefit was a tiny relief because, of course, you cannot learn it. But it's worth to try at least to get it. And yeah. probably that they, what I experienced by talking with different people, and I'm sure, Pat, what you think, but is that everybody has its own personal uh, reaction to a mindful practice. So it's something that you cannot you cannot relate so much with others because it's really, you know, something for you and your mind, how it reacts or am I, am I right, Pat? Yes. How we experience things or the thoughts we associate with the experience that happens varies. Of course, there's cultural similarities and things like that, mm-hmm. but I think like awareness or presence being in that mindful state is, is always similar, right? That, that moment that we're experiencing right now, it's, it's, it's eternal, right? It's, it's here. So I think that that's the same, but the way we interpret it, that varies, that differs. Yeah. Uh, but at this point, so you didn't, uh, Steve, you didn't get through uh, your job, like to, you know, mobiles and try to figure out how to deal better with notification, but through a different path and by discovering also, you know, headspace is a, also meditation helps somehow so it's not only for mindfulness as part, but it's giving you an opportunity and maybe one day Pat we can do a total episode only talking about apps because it's also something quite interesting to talk about Um, and and now how 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 is it so how it's your daily mindfulness Steve yeah so I I do a a 20 minute meditation and every morning Mm -hmm. Um, if I can't manage to do it in the morning I, I always do it before I go to bed so I'd I make time for it because it's important for me. Um, and I, I normally just do a, a sitting um, breathing meditation. Mm-hmm. But I also try and be mindful throughout the rest of the day. So it sound, sounds really easy, but it's taken a lot of time for me to remember to be mindful throughout the day. Remember to try and be mindful if I'm eating or drinking or walking or, or doing anything and not being in my head. I was so in my head before. I was all, all my attention was up here. So um, I'll notice little things. Now I walk in from the car park in to work and it's quite nice, the surroundings and there's birds and there's trees and there's a lake. And, and I never used to notice that. And it sounds like something so small and so insignificant when you isolate it. Mm-hmm. It's a small moment in the day like that. But if you get lots and lots of moments in your day like that, the cumulative effect starts to happen. And, and that's, that's the key thing I would also say about mindfulness. It's a very easy concept to understand. And it's a very easy concept to just rubbish, right? Because we all know the concept of stopping and smelling the roses. It's been around for years and nobody, this is nothing new. And people think, what difference is it going to make me changing the way I eat or changing the way I walk to work or changing the, what I do when I'm brushing my teeth? And that's not going to do anything. It's not, mm-hmm. going to, it's not going to solve my problems. It's not going to solve my debts with the bank. But... Yeah, it's the cumulative effect of all of these things that take your, 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 your awareness out of your mind and into what you're doing, into your sense perceptions and into your body. And that, that's when you can really feel more peaceful and more still for me. You are less skeptical than I thought eh, at this point. Uh, so <laughs> g- give, give me something. Do you still have some doubts or something that uh, it still doesn't sound right to you about it? Yeah, only if, only if I think about it too much. Okay. Only if, only if I try to really understand it, 
because I think what I'm trusting in more is, is to go on my experience of it rather, rather than trying to figure it out in my head. I'm, I'm used mm-hmm. to problem solving and I'm used to understanding and I'm used to understanding everything. And, and um, it's much more, uh, well, I guess I just need to experience it is, is, the, is the short version. So if I think about it too much, I can have skeptical thoughts about it, yeah. But then I, I can see those as just thoughts and put them to one side and reflect on the experience up to now, which is which is different to what sometimes those thoughts might say. Hmm. But a mindful minute. We have time. It's time for a mindful minute. So, um, who would like to? to share them. We have eight folks that are watching us in this moment uh, and uh, everybody can have one because before closing, I really would like to, to give a moment of mindful minute to everyone. So Steve, do you have any yeah. minutes you're usually having? Yeah. So if we, um, if everybody just sit, we'll do it together. So if you just sit in a, or stand in the, in the position that kind of feels uh, dignified to you. So maybe, um, feet uncrossed on the floor and, and hands and arms just, just resting in the lap in the back nice and straight and you can close the eyes if that feels comfortable for you. And we'll just we'll just start with a few in breaths, just deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. just allow your breathing just to return to normal now you don't need to change it so just for the next 20 30 seconds just try and observe your breath right so you're the watcher now and you're just watching the breath entering and leaving the body it does it by itself you don't need to change it you don't need to control it just just be the watcher of it just see where you feel it the most in your body so you may feel it in your nostrils maybe or in your throat or in your abdomen doesn't matter where you feel it, doesn't matter how deep or shallow your breaths are. Just see if you can watch it, the physical sensation of breathing and notice the feelings in your body with the breath coming in and going out, which it does by itself. It doesn't need you to do anything, just watch. And just for five seconds, just let your mind go wherever it wants to go now. Complete freedom. Yeah. And also the you know the our breath is one of the things that are keeping us alive, right? So it's giving it a little bit of respect if we pay attention from time to time. 
and it's always here and it's always in the now. You yeah. can't take a breath for a Absolutely. minute. Oh, when it was time. There is a question. We, I would, since we never replied to a question on the show before closing, maybe we can actually reply to it. So there is a question from Caroline that she is saying, how do you find the off switch to turn off your thoughts, such as when they're trying to sleep? Uh, this strikes me as somewhat conflict with mindfulness where you're becoming aware of your thoughts. Yeah, so, so what we just did, I mean, is a really, really quick meditation, but what, what you'll notice is that was just an exercise on conscious breathing, right? So if you, if you take a conscious breath, i.e. If, if your attention, if your awareness is on the physical sensation of the breath entering and leaving the body, mm-hmm. it's impossible to think and do that. So you, you can't think and take a fully conscious breath. You can test that the people, if anyone watching this or listening to it. Just, just take a conscious breath, just one breath entering and leaving the body. Notice where the breath is, where you feel it. And you won't be thinking. So finding the off switch is a very gradual process. Right? Mm-hmm. But it, and, and it's training your mind because we've been training it in bad habits for years. So if you so can take- another proof why we are actually not multitasking we cannot think about two things at the same time yeah right but if you can if you can take conscious breaths throughout the day um then it then it trains your mind in coming out of thinking lots and lots of times throughout the day which will have a, a gradual effect so when you're lying in bed at night and the thoughts are racing if you've trained your mind to be able to come out of thinking every now and then when you're lying in bed, you may wake up less throughout the night, but if you do, you can, you can more easily put your attention into the body or into the breath and out of thinking. And over time, over, over a fair bit of practice, that will quieten the thoughts down. And, and it's not about finding the off switch in the sense of suppressing and pushing things down. And I've found the off switch. I'm going to turn my mind off completely. Mm-hmm. It's much more kind that it's, it's kind and gentle and, and it's letting it, come to a natural state of rest. It's, it's like breaking in a wild horse, right? When you, when you get a wild horse, you don't pull it in on a really tight rope to start with. You give it a huge rope and it runs around and around and around and around. And eventually you can shorten the rope, you can shorten the rope, you can shorten the rope. And eventually the wild horse will come in because you then got it on a short rope, but you didn't, you try and drag it in straight away. It would just kick and, yeah. and run away. And the mind needs similar respect. It's not about, controlling it it's not about sitting on it it's not about forcing things in or out because that that won't work it didn't work for me for 38 years i tried it (laughs) so and with this uh i would like the last word from our mindful path as usual thank you a lot steve for coming it's a Pleasure. pleasure time uh renovate also to you the invitation for next time another present show would be we would be very happy to have you again Thank you so much. Pat? Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Lele. Uh, I can't agree more with what what Steve was saying. Maybe just the last little anecdote for for stopping the thoughts. You you can't stop them. They're always there. Even when you're focusing on the breath, you're still thinking about the breath. So maybe try to remember a situation you saw something beautiful or amazing, like a sunset or something happy happening happened you weren't thinking then right you weren't focusing on something you were just fully alive and fully in the here and now so as steve is saying it takes time there's ups and downs but follow our show reach out to steve or reach out to any of us and we'll be happy to give you more insight into mindfulness thank you
Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, everyone. See you next Monday.